Welcome to the Bow Church 2020 Christmas Podcast. Yes, I just said podcast because this is our audio Christmas card to you. My name is Chantelle and I'm an intern here at Bow Church and I'm also joined with Lulu May. Hi, I'm Lulu and I help lead the church with my husband Tim. I'm also mother to Evangeline and an artist. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining Lulu. So we're really excited to share this podcast with you. Coming up are some beautifully sung carols by our choral choir and a short sermon from our rector, Tim May. But first, Lulu, as we prepare for Christmas, I wonder if you can tell me what is the most important Christmas vegetable? Is it a Brussels sprout or parsnips? Well, big question. I think I've got to go with the Brussels sprout, partly because I think parsnips are winter vegetables. Okay. You know, they get showcased a lot around the season, whereas Brussels sprouts feel very Christmassy. And I grew up in a small town in Gloucestershire where they actually had a Brussels sprout festival. Wow. So I feel quite committed to the Brussels sprout. Wow, a Brussels sprout festival. I know. So as mentioned before, the podcast will be sharing highlights from our Sunday carol service. And so Lily, I know you were at every single service that day. What did you like most about all of them? Oh, such a hard question because it was all so wonderful. There was this beautiful music. The church was decorated amazingly. We had um, the choir singing, people from the community even joining in with the choir and then guests coming from all around and there were candles and yeah, it looked and felt wonderful. But I think for me, because of tier four had suddenly kicked in before, I think there's a real sense of loneliness and separation and actually to have a time where people could come together and be in the presence of God and experience the hope of Christmas, that was really profound for me and I think for a lot of people who came as well. That's incredible. And I really hope that everyone listening can really receive a bit of that as well. Mm. Um, And so, Lily, I know that you are always interceding for Bo. So can I ask, what are you praying for Bo at this time? So I think what I just shared around um, loneliness and people struggling with mental health issues at this time, I have really been praying for those people over the last few days. Obviously, the boundary lines of lockdown keep changing and I think that's really tiring for people and particularly this last one where we thought we could spend time with our families and then that's been taken away I just feel like that's probably really impacting the people who have already been struggling most so I've been praying for that I've been praying for people in our food bank that they would receive enough enough food to have a hope-filled time and I think most of all it's that word hope that people would really experience the hope that Jesus Jesus brings us at Christmas that's not something that's abstract and far away but that he came to live with us in our hearts and that he can give us joy today whatever our circumstances wow that is incredible and if you two have any prayer points or anything you'd like us to pray about do free feel to email us at hello at bow.church we hope that you enjoy this podcast sent with love and Christmas joy from bow church Oh. Uh-huh.
Christmas can be a very sentimental time, or at least that's often what we want, isn't it? The warm jumper, the cinnamon smell, the red faces, snow on the window, the log fire. But when the day itself finally comes, we are often confronted with something quite different. The overcooked or the undercooked turkey, or somehow miraculously both at the same time, we are confronted with the argument we hoped wouldn't happen with our family, but just did. Confronted with the memory of that night out with our colleagues that we think about and cringe to our core. Confronted with our finances that look not that attractive, but actually like the leftovers in the fridge. We are confronted with something that feels like an anticlimax so often, doesn't quite meet our hopes. And then in January, we hit it head on. The jaded greyness with which we take out our recycling, cardboard and, and clinking bottles and create that apocalyptic scene. I know you've seen it too on street corners, blustery street corners of London, decomposing Christmas trees, and it feels we've hit this anticlimactic moment in January. But I tell you what, this year, it feels like we're in January already. It feels like we're there. There's just less to look forward to. But when you peel back the sentiment, when you peel back the years of customs, what's actually left? What is there left of Christmas in 2020? Well, I tell you, actually, quite a lot. If you put the sentimentality to one side, there's still quite a lot to hold on to. But it's not sentimental, it's actually quite disruptive. The teenage scandal of Mary and Joseph, the megalomaniac genocidal King Herod, not unlike perhaps leaders we can think of today. And if you think Boris's press conferences are disruptive, you know, I don't know what's, what's next. Eat sprouts to help out? I don't know. I don't know what's next. But if you think they're disruptive, they've got nothing on the press release that the angels gave to the shepherds. That God has become a human. And not only that, a baby. And that last aspect, more than anything, that's what I'm holding on to when all is stripped away. God became one of us to rescue us from ourselves. He entered the chaos and the fragility of humanity, not to disregard it or to discard it, but to redeem it. That's the heart of Christmas. That's what I'm holding on to. And in the reading we just heard, that's described as light shining in the darkness. And light really is the most amazing thing. There's nothing like it. Without equal, really, in form and function, it, it, it's what creates color. 
highlights, it illuminates. Biologists tell us that without light, there would be nothing. There would just be one long night, no harvest. Tesco's would be a barren wasteland. It reveals, it animates, it is the source of life. And John says, the true light, the light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world. And that's what is in the manger. He says it's like light. So what does it mean? Later on, he says that Jesus is the light of the world. What does it mean today in 2020 to say that Jesus is the light of the world? As you go, I just want to leave you with two symbols. The first one you can see just there if you turn your head. In this medieval church, a neon star. Lo and behold, there it is. The first symbol is a star to remind us of what's before. And the second is a candle to remind us of what's ahead. So the star to remind us of what's before. We are told the wise men travelled to Bethlehem, marked out by a star. They travelled far. Well, stars I've found out recently, you may have already known this, but it turns out they're very old. I read about them in the Bible, at the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis. It says, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God's mouth like a switch. His words and everything lights up. And you know, as it turns out, as well as stars being old, I'm learning the basics. It turns out the light is very fast. Do you know how fast? 186,000 miles per second. That means twice around the world in one second. That means the 93 million miles it takes from light to come from the surface of the sun to the surface of your skin takes only eight minutes. But what about the star the wise men saw? Well, the next nearest star, Alpha Major 3, Actually, it would take 3.5 years. Remember, eight minutes from the sun to here, 93 minutes. I can't even understand how many miles that is. But they actually, astronomers think it was the star Regulus from the constellation of Leo. And Regulus, it takes a single beam to come from Regulus. It takes 77 years. Do you know what this means? The light that the wise men saw wasn't an accident. Christmas didn't just happen by chance. This was on purpose. This was designed. This is a story of creation unfolding in front of you that God stepped in, not just as a last-minute rescue attempt, but planned on purpose. John, as we just heard, says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has not been made. That means that you're not an accident. That means that your life was designed That means that you have purpose, significance, and the purposes of God, your life has security. Christmas wasn't an accident. The star calls us and says there is hope, there is design in this world. It's God's presence entering to redeem. 4.5 billion years later from the first words of God, it can feel pretty dark. 65,000 people have already died to the coronavirus and we can list the other horrors that we know are happening in the world right now. But though evil, suffering, sin, 
the decay of this world is around. The voice of creation never gave up. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And the star tells us, come close, come here. There is hope. Your life found in this moment, at this time, in the purposes of God, the star. Secondly, the candle to give us hope of what's to come. Got another question. Do you know the speed of dark? Well, it turns out if you light a candle or a match, any source of light in any fixed space with walls and a ceiling, just a single source of light, and everything changes. Now, the eye can pick it up and you can see something's happened, but actually a light beam will affect every molecule, every neutron in a contained space. Light changes everything. And now we have some illumination on a question, what is the speed of dark? Well, the speed of dark is actually the speed of light. They can't exist in the same place. Where light shines, there is no darkness. The speed of dark is 186,000 miles per second. The light shines and darkness is scattered. And Jesus is the light that destroys darkness. You see, the baby grew. The light lived a fully human life. And though Jesus was not from the world, he entered the world and he died on a cross, a, a bizarre form of Roman execution, excruciating pain. His friends and family saw him suffer and die and he entered a tomb, entered into the darkness. Three days later, his friends came to that tomb. It was a tomb given by a man called Joseph. He said, you can use this tomb. And they went to this tomb and it was empty because Jesus rose and broke the power of darkness. And the early followers of Jesus who were obviously, quite frankly, alarmed and amazed at these events lit a candle in Joseph's tomb to say this is the spot. This is where it happened. And some of the early documents of Christianity tell us they never forgot the spot. They just kept on lighting candles because they said this changes everything. The day has dawned of new creation. Jesus has beaten the darkness. He died to death. He ended the night. The light is dawning. So they lit candles and, and they gathered to worship in the evening. This time when sun sets. And they would light lamps to say that, that, that Jesus has risen over the darkness. And they would get a light from can, a candle that would come ultimately from another candle, that come from another candle, that came from that one light in Joseph's tomb. And this is such a candle. This is the candle we light when we baptize. We light it at Easter and it's lit today. It was prayed over by a bishop in a cathedral who lit this candle from a candle that was lit from another candle in another cathedral. And the chain obviously goes back and back and back because the light is transferable. The story of the church is the story of this, this rumor of hope, this outrageously good news that there is a power greater than the darkness and it's alive in the world. We're in the middle of the story. The darkness is still around us, but the end of the story is something really to look forward to. The, the last chapter book in the Bible peers into the future, not the past. And it, it says this is what it will be like uh, when Jesus returns. God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And this city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. 
For the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. When we light candles, we remember the first coming of Jesus, but we also look forward to the second when every tear wiped, mourning no more, death no more, and God himself will be our light. So what is left of Christmas in 2020? The song we're about to hear says, The thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices and continues, for yonder breaks a new glorious morn. What is left this Christmas is dawning light, dispersing the shadows. We carry the light, ensuring certain hope of what is to come. And right now, in the center of all that is going on in your life and mine, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The thrill of hope, a, a weary world rejoices. I'm weary, but I'm still rejoicing because of this. This Christmas, it's not sentimental, but it connects with how I feel at the end of this year. I feel fragile. I feel chaotic. I feel, there it goes, I feel in need of rescue. Of course, the sentimental version of Christmas has its benefits. But it's good to remember that the heart of Christmas beats faster on the bad years, not the good years. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh hear the angel voices, oh now. When Christ was born, oh, night divine, oh, night, oh, night divine. Thank you so much for listening. Now you can close the podcast. And from all of us here at Bow Church, we hope and pray that you have a very Merry Christmas.